0: Studios Digital Network—that is, YouTube.com/slash Secrets of the Sire. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel; it helps us out a great deal. Facebook.com/slash Secrets of the Sire. Like our page and Twitch.tv/slash Secrets of the Sire, or you can go to Siredigital.com or Secrets of the Sire.com. Tonight, Game of Thrones finale reactions—the best and worst series finales of all time—and Sourcepoint Press publisher Travis McIntyre drops by to talk about their new comic offerings in 2019. I am your host, Michael Dolce, alongside my co-host, the Lord of the Radio, Mr. Hassan Godwin. How are you doing today, sir? You're great. Everything is wonderful. You didn't you didn't uh, t- burn the internet alive after Sunday's night's episode? No,
1: I, I kind of stayed away from the internet. <laughs> I, I, it only lasted Sunday. Unfortunately, I was drawn back in Monday, and then the, the, the wars continued.
0: I did stay away from the internet Sunday, but because I was at Motor City Comic Con this weekend and the planes decided not to take off uh, at seven o'clock at night. I feel really bad for my cohort, Crime Mister Dan Leister, who uh, I I pressed gently to make sure we left on time so he could drive me back to the airport so I could make a seven o'clock flight, which ultimately two hours sitting on the runway later was canceled. So, you know, a lot of fun for me, essentially. Not really. They put me up in a hotel at least. But I couldn't oh, watch nice. Game of Thrones because my wife and I were going to watch it together. Uh, we had, it, had Monday morning all set aside to do so. And so it was a sequestering from the internet. That's <laughs> the best way a three to put
1: three-letter word you could, uh, you could have applied to, uh, to rectify that particular situation. What's that? Lie.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: I didn't see it. Let's watch it
0: together. <laughs> so so, so. Let's, let's dive into this uh, series finale for a second, right? Now, first of all, what I do love about our show, and I love is the community that our show has built. We are a place that you can grieve and gripe. Uh, we are commenting along with you as you're watching this. So please go ahead and comment in the comments field, either on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, we are active on all three. Hassan, mostly on Facebook, which is perfectly acceptable. Uh, uh
1: I can be
0: on YouTube. Uh, That wasn't actually a knock on you to be on YouTube. I'm just (laughs) saying. I tend to filter over there.
1: I got more friends on Facebook.
0: So please (laughs) gripe away, and we will respond to you as as it happens. That being said, my initial reaction was, what's the big deal? Uh, Out of all the episodes this season, this was the season that had the least jam-packed into it, or at least because of the pacing – felt like it had the least jam-packed into it. It actually felt like a natural conclusion to me. And while, oh, and, and by the way, spoilers. Uh, Just let you know, that it's, it's Wednesday. Part. You have to have seen it by now.
1: That little piece is important.
0: Choosing Bran to run the Iron Throne, while we'll get into that a little bit further, and definitely has some questions attached to it, that will get answered, wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, Danny's ultimate fate wasn't the, was actually pretty extraordinary, considering a lot of the people's gripes leading up to this. And ultimately, traditionally, Game of Thrones' final episodes are more melancholy than the rest. All the action tends to take place leading up to the very last episode, in which the last episode kind of lets you deal with it and sort out. Now, what is your take us on? You know, am I off base, or are you in sync with me on this?
1: No, I'm kind of synced up with you on it. I think uh, everything everything kind of ruled out in a satisfactory manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's what you want to use. That's a word you want to use when you're talking about the season, the series finale, of, sure, like, the most the most popular show in the world, in yeah. human history or whatever they want to call it. The last episode, I think on, um, on HBO, got something like 18 million.
0: 19, yeah.
1: 19 million viewers. Yeah,
0: because okay. of, of the replays after too, yeah.
1: So it was the highest rated show in HBO history. Right. Um, so
0: that's a big deal. You've also got to factor in, almost like they count for inflation in movie theaters now, the fact that the average TV show right now gets 2 million. 2.1 yeah. uh yeah. this got 19 million. and i
1: think 19 million domestic i don't yes. think i don't think that's worldwide so
0: yeah. um i mean so. but for the but for those who would sit there and say well you know seinfeld got 60 million well it's a different time you know it's it's, yeah, it's just like theaters when you know movies used to cost five bucks yeah,
1: because you this is a premium cable channel so right. like, not a lot of people have hbo yeah so you've got almost 20 million people who you know who are paying customers who right are, theoretically paying customers <laughs> um, but um I, so i know it's like satisfactory it was a satisfactory ending is a kind of like faint phrase you know for uh for a show like that but in order to land a show that 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 big yeah and have most of the most or all of the conclusions come out satisfactory or you know uh or fulfilling to some extent yeah is, is a pretty amazing accomplishment, especially when they, the, the, the fact that they ran out of source material. Yeah. Um, you know, like two years ago. So, yeah. um, or three years ago, because we skipped a year.
0: I mean, ultimately if they had, and again, we talked about this last week and you can catch all of our stuff on iTunes, download it after the fact, iHeart, all that fun stuff. Uh, last week, we talked about the fact that it was crunched. I think we still recognize that it was crunched. I still think we, we, we both, I think, the general population at large understands that had they had done just two traditional seasons they probably wouldn't be getting the criticism they're getting so we don't necessarily need to harp on that
1: right. you know
0: that being said i agree with you I, by the end you know all the outcomes having no source material behind it not a not a bad thing
1: i will i i will honestly say that the biggest criticism i'll have of for it or the, the, the biggest mystery to me as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned is why they decided to truncate the last two seasons. If, yeah. if HBO is willing to, you know, to pay the checks and um, everybody else in the show, this is their, this is their stardom. They've all yeah. signed contracts. They've all, they're all engaged. Now is the time to get it done. You know? Yeah back maybe 10 years from now to redo it or to 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 have a reunion no, that's
0: like that petition that they that they uh they're like no, I mean, oh. yeah and,
1: and i don't i don't i don't necessarily mean redo it but if you want right. to back 10 years from now for a reunion or something yeah. like that, it would probably be significantly more difficult to get everybody back together know sure. in, in order to, to film something in a satisfactory manner than having them all on contract here, right. ready to fulfill their contracts ready to to, to fulfill their character um, progressions. Right. Story. So to me, it's just, it's a, it's always going to be a mystery. I don't buy that. They, they got out of the game of Thrones early to do star Wars.
0: No, they didn't know about star Wars. Uh, yeah, they when they got out,
1: they announced game of Thrones, the end of game of Thrones in 2016. And they didn't even, they didn't even announce that they were going to do a star Wars movie until 2018. Yeah, and- no, I, they
0: got out because I think the pressure was enormous at that point. And I also think again, you know, we as creators, our ultimate goal is to create something that reaches 19 million people, right? I mean, it's it is in a, in a sense to reach as many a, people a, as possible
1: on a on a bad day, right? <laughs> you know? That's that would that Gosh. would our our aspirations are to get to 19 million on a slow day. So right. yes, right, so definitely.
0: So so we as creators and and even the typical worker who has to slave a nine to five that they're not particularly proud of or not particularly happy with would be like, ah, I can't believe they're making all this money. Why would they blah, 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 blah. But we, don't, we forget these guys are human beings. You know, it's a lot of pressure. People don't realize I was just, I was literally just listening to a song from a band called Seven Horse and uh-huh. the lyrics go something and I'm paraphrasing, but I was, I, it was the first time, you know, when you listen to a song, but you don't actually hear the lyrics and then one day the lyrics kind of sink in what he's actually talking about and they, they say, you should chase your dream, but they don't really know what they're talking about. And then he goes in to describe his life as a musician. you don't get to see this person throw throw all your friends and family away. they mean nothing to you uh you' you and and they go into this detail about how you commit to the dream and in his case, it was to be a rock musician and to tour the country, but how you sacrifice everything else along the way to do that uh and you know living as a as a married person with uh with two kids as well too you know there there is a balance now obviously again i'm I'm not doing Game of Thrones yet but but there is that, that aspect to it. So, I, all right. Well, anyway, we, we've, we've definitely touched upon the creators. We've touched upon the fact that they did the shortened seasons. Let's dive into the big questions, the burning questions. Did you have any specific burning questions that you thought at the end uh, before I get into my list that I so carefully constructed, thanks to, uh, with a little help from Hollywood Reporter, who also kind of helped with these questions?
1: Questions about like what's left over, or questions about why, or, like what the fuck questions, like yeah, questions
0: bing, yeah, like those. I think the latter. Yes.
1: <laughs> the only uh, WTF question I actually had was like, I would have figured, yeah, spoiler, that Grey Worm would have tried to kill John right after he killed Daenerys. Yes. I wouldn't have figured a Grey Worm would have thrown him in jail. You know, I mean I just that yeah. That wouldn't have that wouldn't have occurred to me. Um I, I, I think it works. I'm okay with it. I'm yeah. okay with how it worked out. I'm okay that Grey Worm stepped up and took control of the situation and said, Look, yeah, there's no way this guy's gonna get away with this. You want peace, something's gotta happen to this guy for what he's done. Yeah. However, this was a guy whose name he—he he, he, who was allowed to take any name he wanted, and he kept the name Grey Worm because it was the name he had when she, when Daenerys came along and freed everybody. Yeah. So that's you know that's that in and of itself, and he lived in like an absolutely you know an absolute devotion to her for you know the duration of the time that they were together, and she, and he became the commander of her her armies and stuff. Right. Won, won several battles for her. So and then she she you know she honored him right this battle with like being commander of all his military forces. I understand he's not human anymore because he yeah. lost Andy, and so that was the, you know that was his tie to humanity and he lost that. I get that, but I just don't buy. I don't buy him not having a passionate response to it. Plus,
0: cause, plus cause he had like, had yeah. that con- had that confrontation with John earlier with, with uh, the Lannister soldiers, so he was still writing that I'm going to kill everybody uh, momentum. So I agree with you there.
1: Yeah. So that was, that for me was kind of the only one that really like, mm, I don't buy, I'm having a hard time buying that. I get it. They explain it. I'm okay with their explanation. It's just that I, if I was, if I myself were, were, were to, uh, I don't know what you would call it. If I, If I myself were to try to fathom how that would turn out if you proposed yeah. that to me and I was supposed to think about how that would, how what the outcome of it was supposed to be. Yeah. I would, I would say he was going to have a to the death battle with a gray worm. I've, I figured he was going to have, cause I figured Daenerys was going to die after, la- you know, after the bells after yeah. the previous episode, I figured, okay, that's one way or another. That's going to be the, the goal is going to be to get rid of her.
0: I-, I loved the fact that they didn't take us, away from the bells that it all happened in success, like pretty fast in fact like pretty much in succession she did it tyrion has his uh, his moment john has his counsel with tyrion and in that in that you know it, it's not as if he made that decision 6 months from now or secretly tried to you know it, no, it he made I mean, total he sense to do it right then and there
1: he listened to that speech she made and even though he didn't really understand oh, a yeah. lot of the words he was like mm, yeah I Yeah. And, it, and i mean there's a there's a scene right in, you know, well, there's a moment right in that scene where you you can tell he made the decision when he yeah. said to him, they don't, you know, nobody else gets to choose what's right or wrong except us. Right. And he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I would have said, if you asked me what's going to happen, I would just say, Jon's probably going to kill Daenerys, which means he's going to have to kill Drogon and Grey Worm. yeah. Get to Daenerys. Yeah, The Drogon thing. I, I, I was all right with it. I get it.
0: So let me inter- let me intercept you right there because I was going to talk about Drogon. The Drogon moment to me, and this is a shout out to uh, our our friend and listener David Rosenberg, uh, was a cheese was a cheese moment for me. Actually, it, it was a cheese. Not not that he didn't kill Jon, but that he he had to melt the Iron Throne because he like being this like all of a sudden it raised the level at which his thought process to a to It raised it to a point where I didn't think like, can dragons really figure out that the iron throne is what killed her? Like how sophisticated a brain do these things have? Uh, I don't know. It was one of of
1: those. It was was magic. They're magical creatures. They never really sophisticated explain that, that they, uh, that they're dumb animals. They never really went into that in serious animals. They had quirks of their own. They had their strange behavior. There was the, you know, especially Drogon who at one point abandoned Danny completely to go off on his own and do god knew what whatever. Yeah. or he decided to come back and he yeah. only came back when he knew she was in danger. Yeah. So there was there's was definitely a psychic balance between the two of them. They they yeah. you know, they, they communicated psychically which is yeah. why she was able to ride, you know, the Drogon and why he was, you know, why they were in such a uh, good sync. Yeah. So I took it as, I took it as one of two things. I know the other people are saying, if my mother can't have this throne, no one can. Mm. But No, other, I, I didn't take it that other, way. Yeah. The other sense I got was this was the cause of all the trouble, you know, Right. if we, if we didn't come here after this throne, I wouldn't have lost Viserion. Yep. Uh, and and um, and Rhaegal, yeah, and she wouldn't be dead right now. Yep,
0: so no, I took it as that man. too. I took it as he was lashing out against. Yeah, it
1: Made sense to me. John, and I don't think he would have burned John because he was a Targaryen. I think John was the only one who could have actually done that. Yes, he got away with it.
0: Yes, yeah. That's why I'm saying I didn't have a problem with him not killing John. There was just a there was there was a moment, and this is the, the one of the only times I'll sit there and say it's actually a production. Slash directorial decision where they really hung on the throne getting melted and to me was like, uh, all right, I get it. Yeah, the Iron Throne was the bad guy. (laughs) Like, like I almost I I don't know supposed to do that. I don't know. There was something about it when I was watching this. Just my gut instinct when I watched it where they're really burning burning and burning and burning and burning and it's burning and it's melting and there's just the 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 music crescendo. There was something about that moment. It's a visceral thing. I'm not. Here, trying to logic what I'm saying out it was just a visceral reaction to the way that was executed that I was like, eh, little, little kind, cheesy, of, kind, of, kind of like a little cheesy little cheesy it's
1: a kind of symmetry thing because it was
0: no it was again
1: by dragon fire so he was, again like,
0: I can't uh I you know let's talk about that actually too great segue look at you go with your segues uh there's a lot a of, lot of balance in it, a lot of symmetry what? What's that? Not your first not radio here, cond- right?
1: Not condescending at all, Mr. Dolce.
0: No, that wasn't. <laughs> well done, young man. <laughs> uh, you I definitely did not say that cuz you are way old. Way old. <laughs> um Good talk. a lot of symmetry, a lot of symmetry to this. You know, Brand ending up as the king actually makes a lot of sense in the sense that you know, our show basically opens from his point of view, right? I mean, you yeah. know, the And the books. Right. So it all kind of goes together uh, in a roundabout way, so it makes total sense. Uh, I also like the fact that they made him the Three-Eyed Raven, so you wouldn't think that he'd be the one ending up on the throne, too, because you already think he has his role. Uh, we will get into Bran being a villain in a second, though, because there were some good things brought up uh, in this Hollywood Reporter article I found uh, yeah. talking about whether or not Bran is actually the real villain of the show, yeah, considering he sure, could see the future.
1: Of, a lot of bullshit yeah. stuff. That was-
0: uh, we after got to see...
1: Aftermarket after market nonsense.
0: Yeah, we got to see Danny's, uh revelation come to pass—the vision she had in season two of walking in snow—and now it turned out it was like a nuclear winter. Whether it was ash still falling I still think or it was snow, I think I—I I no, thought... at that point it was snow though, because I think yeah. ash—you know what happens in a nuclear explosion, which is I guess the equivalent of this—is that yeah, all theoretically. the. Although they...
1: it did start to snow at the end of uh, season seven, so right. I mean, it Absolutely. has been snowing in, in King's Landing.
0: Sure. So it basically gets to a point where it gets in the sky, snowfall. So it was, that, was, that was really great. Her vision of never sitting on the throne, you know, when she was just about to and then John enters. I thought that was great. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, going full circle that I think to the, nu- to the casual fan who just wanted to see something really exciting and, and suspenseful, although I do contend that that moment was very suspenseful... It, there was a lot, a lot of good there. That to me, I'm walking away from this. You know, my wife and I, who was our guest last week, she had no problem. She's like, I don't know why everyone's upset. Like, I don't know what everyone's talking about.
1: Probably, you know, people are upset because it's over. You know, <laughs> a lot of a lot of people just, you know, you kind of lash out at, at it being over. You want to do over. You want things to, you know, you want things to continue. You want things. You wanted things to work out the way you wanted it. Yeah, Your hero died. I mean, a lot of people idolized uh, Daenerys. And um Amelia,
0: not, Amelia I mean, Clark even went on record and saying she she couldn't believe the turn that Daenerys ended up making.
1: Yeah, uh, she was wrong though. But um <laughs> I mean she know better than we do whether she believed it or not. But um my 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 take on it is basically and I said this to someone else earlier, I think earlier today. My take on it is there there are always you people on me? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh absolutely. good. With as many people <laughs> as
1: possible. Um, we are, there's always people you know, and you think you know, you've known them for years. You know, you're friends with them, you hang out with them, uh, you know, you're, you're lovers with them, that kind of thing. And you think you know them. And then one yeah. day they do something and you realize you never knew them at all. So to me, the Daenerys situation was, she was always like that. Yeah. It wasn't really a heel turn. It's just that she'd never run into a wall before. Yeah. She'd never never been opposed before. Yeah. um, To the extent where everybody, even her advice, because, I mean, as soon as her advisors kept advising against her doing something, you know, very not included, you know. but. um, he conspired, he genuinely conspired against her. But as soon as her advisors started advising different things and started, you know, counseling that, you know, she should take a different track with this. You should slow down with this. She started to chafe against her advisors. Right. So it's not as if she was, like, she was altruistic the entire time and then she just suddenly decided she was evil. Right. Always in... She, she always had things going for her. Things always went in her direction. Right. So she was, it was easy to stay, um, as it, you know, the saying goes, it's easy to be a saint in paradise. Right. So it's easy to be an altruistic person when you're already in charge. It's easy to look like the good guy. But when you're trying to, to, to take control of something and you're trying to break a system. Yeah. And the other side of it is she's tried to break the, the Westerosi system without really even understanding what the system is under, sure. accepting the fact that there are, there are classes, you know, there are mm-hmm. high class people and there are lower class people mm-hmm. and the, the notion of I'm going to break the wheel without really defining what the wheel is. Sure. If, if there's a wheel, but you're still trying to be at the top of the wheel. Right. That, that belies that, that, that basically defies the, the notion, the metaphor of it being a wheel in the first place. Right. So a lot of, a lot of her philosophy was very flawed. And, and what the, the concern I had for it when I was watching it is is this philosophy flawed and it's flawed in the writing? Like mm-hmm. is What George Martin and, and, uh, and d d think is, is kind of, a, you know, a, a, a magnanimous uh, approach to yeah. altering the, the status quo of Westeros? Or is it, flawed and we're just supposed to discover right? right. We're are we all supposed to ourselves calculate, wait a minute, this the wheel doesn't really make any sense. If you if you if there's a like uh, you know, King Arthur, Knights of the Round Table, the whole idea that the reason why the table was round because there was no head of the table. Right. Right? So the table was round, everybody's equal. So she wants to she's gonna the wheel is turning, the wheel turns and crushes people as it mm-hmm. turns, right? So you want to break the wheel, but you want to break the wheel while by crushing people into submission, and then claim the wheel is broken. Yeah, it doesn't. It didn't really. The philosophy in and of itself didn't make any sense, and it took a whole bunch of dead children.
0: To I, I absolutely everybody to
1: realize the, we got to stop this.
0: I love the two Hassan moments uh, in the in the show. In fact, at one point, my wife is like, "Did Hassan write the dialogue to this?" Uh, Tyrion's <laughs> entire speech outlining all the things that she had done, but basically saying, but we didn't care because we didn't like those people. And it was like, wow, that's okay. All right, there's a son moment. Go look from episode 170. Uh, And then I absolutely loved when Sam got up and I thought this was gonna be a cheese moment. I'm like, oh, they're not really doing this, are they? We should give it to the people. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 that's the dumbest
1: thing i've ever heard <laughs> yeah i was actually wrong about that because i figured it was gonna end with a democracy right
0: right and that's what, I, what, that's what made I, that scene so much better actually too though was the fact that you were wrong no uh, it was the fact that they i, I can see that <laughs> that they brought it up in a way that you thought oh that's gonna be cheese like yeah even though it's yeah, the I mean, right like, answer it's cheese like and then they completely laugh it off,
1: and that's one of the funny things because you're saying if if you make it in, into a democracy, if you did it right you could you could pull it off, yeah, but it's one of the situations that when they do bring it up and everybody laughs, you realize the laugh is the way that had to be you know the, oh the, yeah, that, that was the way you had to answer that proposal, oh by yeah, by laughing at it, because these people they're, I mean they are hundreds away, hundreds of years away from. From even, divide, from even being able to fathom what a democracy would be like. There's just no – even the best of them yeah. believe in the class system, you know? Yeah. So, so there's that. You know, so, I, fair enough.
0: <laughs> I think the one major take from this, though, right, the one unanswered question is when Tyrion gets up there – there's a couple other cheese things, uh, you know, the fact that – to me they wrote Song of Ice and Fire, Sam wrote The Song of Ice and Fire, or whatever the yeah, case Lord is. Of the Rings. I kind I kinda,
1: of I kind of a song of this was Lord of the Rings <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I, I don't know I, I get I get very put off by meta stuff when it's obvious like subtlety is good like subtle metaphors are good to me when it's obvious meta I didn't love it uh, even Tyrion's speech about a story being the most important I was kind of like eh, all right tooting their own horn a little bit about how epic this story is um those are my cheese factors. But the one, the one thing that Bran said during that speech, though, that really got me thinking, and it was the one takeaway from this, is when he says to Tyrion, why do you think I came all this way? And you're sitting there going, so he can definitely see the future. So he definitely knew Arya was going to kill the, white, the, the, the Night King. He knew Theon was going to die. He knew King's Landing was going to get torched. He knew Jon was going to find out. And then, you know, when he says it's your choice, this and that. So is he kind of like, my wife's like he played the long game you know but something about that was a, left me a little uneasy uh and you had sent me that video which i thought was really funny and they're like brian ruled with an iron fist or something like that. i thought that was really funny yeah. because you know it, it in the hollywood...
1: with the, with the uh, everybody wants to rule the world yeah yeah, yeah. and,
0: and yeah. the whole notion though that i read in this hollywood reporter article how it goes back to uh, his conversation with Littlefinger and you know, Chaos is a Ladder. Uh, you know, is he the bad guy? Is is he? A ba- I mean, or, or- I, don't,
1: I don't see why that would even make him the bad guy. I mean, all these things were going to happen anyway. Yeah, he came, he showed up to give insight into what they were, what was happening, and to give him to give pieces of information. Yeah, now, if if it's real, if the the Valankar um prophecy. Not Valonqar, Azor Ahai. Excuse me. Prophecy was real, mm-hmm. and uh, and we all assumed, and everybody wrongly assumed that it was the Night King that he was supposed to save the world from. Yeah, it wasn't really, uh, Daenerys. It was mm-hmm. really the, the the fire. It wasn't yeah. ice that he was supposed to save the world from. It was from fire. <laughs> um, and the Song of Ice and Fire. The Night King's coming from this way. Daenerys is sure. coming from this way. Right. Um. That was all going to happen anyway. Yeah, that was all in motion anyway. And if 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 it is the right thing, if John did the right thing by killing Daenerys and saving the rest of the world, yeah, then Bran showing up and telling John what his actual lineage is, and then thus you know causing a rift between Daenerys and John, allowing for her to to freak out and mm-hmm. do, and show her cards way early, yeah she's still showing she showed her card when she was the weakest yeah if she had gone on and taken over a a bunch of other cities and raised another army out of all Mm -hmm. the westeros people she would have she would literally be unstoppable and she would have eventually killed john she would have eventually killed everybody i mean in in theory right right so by him explaining that to john and setting john up to be able to to be azora high he he's still the hero Right, heroic thing you know he benefits from it being king but if he didn't want to be king yeah he doesn't really want anything anymore he doesn't have desires for, for certain things so okay. it's not really like he's conspired and became the king i don't think game of thrones was setting it up to th- to 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 let us believe at the end that being king is anything but a terrible uh you know like a, a terrible life like center. a burden yeah <laughs> I mean, look what it did to everybody sure I mean, everybody who was king got i mean robin Robert baratheon got killed by a boar <laughs> right and he died the best and everybody who came next
0: <laughs> I, I love the fact they showed the bodies of jamie and cersei also uh, just really, just to put the rest yeah, yeah put the rest that, uh, they were
1: that crawl out of the rubble i had
0: that look i had that notion uh Friend of mine. I think uh, somewhere
1: along the line, I said that, that you know, I, I might I was joking, but I, I yeah. might have even also suggested that they probably could, they're probably they're going to come right out and Tyrion's going to be there and hit Cersei in the head with a rock, and then yeah, that was going to fulfill the 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 Valonqar. But yeah,
0: you know. I like the uh, uh, a friend of ours uh, suggested that he thought Brienne of Tar was going to be the uh, the queen slayer. And she was going to be the one to, to actually kill Daenerys, uh, kind of mirroring what Jamie had uh, had had to do with the Mad King, and um,
1: that would have been symmetry for the sake of symmetry. Yeah, you know? that would have that wouldn't have really been organic because she wasn't even there.
0: Right. Well. So and look, that would. Jon Snow actually got to do something, so it, you know, worked out good.
1: That's, a, that's another misconception. That he I agree. Just because he didn't stab the Night King. He brought the armies together. He, brought, mm-hmm. he, he convinced Daenerys to commit her entire force to saving the North. Yeah. And so just because he didn't stab the Night King, everyone's like he didn't even do anything. They're, yeah. they're all full of shit. Excuse me.
0: Bing! Wow, you're binging, you're binging all over the place today. I'm,
1: I'm tired of... I'm tired of aftermarket quarterbacking you know yeah. like just like ah you, you gotta understand that john is useless the entire season whatever like okay yeah whatever <laughs> he was useless all the way up i mean this if you watch his character if you if you pay attention it's, it's uh-huh. the greatness about how game of thrones rolled out you, it's set up in such a way that you just do not know who exactly to focus on you don't know to focus on john until pretty much everybody else is dead, and you're like, "Wait a minute!" You know, John's all we got left. He's a, he's the only hope we got left. So you, you maybe you think it's Rob, or maybe you think it's gonna be Bran, even though Bran that- got crippled. And Maybe you think it's gonna be you know Ned, and it's not gonna be Ned, obviously right. yeah, after season one. And maybe maybe is gonna come back and do something, or maybe you know you know all you know is there's a long journey journey stretched out in front of you, and you're gonna watch each and every one of these characters go through it. And if you pay attention to Jon Snow, yeah. Um, from where he started to where he ended up. Sure. Like it's the culmination of his character in season six from, you know, from being the, the bastard to yeah. the king of the North. And, you know, having earlier that season been resurrected <laughs> because he was dead. He started the yeah, season- Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, a, that's an amazing accomplishment. And for someone to be pissed at him because he didn't get to cut the head off the Night King sure. at the very end, yeah, go to hell. You don't know what you're talking about.
0: You are fired up. Uh, speaking of the, uh, of the culmination of characters, and this will be the final thing we talk about, Jon's fate, Sansa's fate, Arya's fate, uh, you know, are, we, are we happy with the resolutions to all this?
1: I think so. I mean, I look. First of all, if you're a Stark person, the Starks won. The Starks won. They the Starks won the the War of the Roses. Okay, isn't so, that
0: isn't that what George R. R. Martin is is just amazing at though too? And I think when all is said and done, he's amazing at misdirection. He's amazing at. I mean, absolutely. if you look at where these characters came from, which is what you were saying before, and and I wholeheartedly agree. Again, which is terrible for the show. Uh, look where they came. And look who ultimately ends up. I mean, there is no way you're looking at Sansa when you first meet her and being like, not only will she be queen, but she'll be. You know, she's going to be a badass queen who's going not. You know, who's not going to take any s. See no bing there. And from where she started, you never. You would never think that Arya, you know, Arya. You you kind of watched being a precocious. You know, she had the inklings for it, but now. The way she actually ends up is she kind of lets go of her vengeance and lets go of her revenge and is now just kind of seizing forward into the unknown. Uh, yeah. going Aria into didn't rest- really
1: have an arc like In- like a lot of a lot of the complaints of uh, people like they they ruined the arcs of these particular characters. Yeah. Like Jamie Lannister. They ruined his redemption arc. Jamie Lannister didn't have an arc. You know, neither did neither, neither did Arya. Yeah. Um, Bran had an arc. Right. Jon Snow had an arc. Sansa had an arc. Right. An arc is just basically you start here, you, you go through something in the middle and you end up completely different to when you started. Yeah. So, uh, Arya always wanted to be uh, a, a rebellious tomboy, uh, you know, knight or some kind of warrior. She did right. not she was not interested in being a lady. She was not interested in being a lady from the beginning. Yep. She wasn't interested in being a lady from the end. So that's yep. not an arc. Jamie Lannister started, you know, started off he was he was much more sinister but or much less fleshed out. He was he didn't there, there was a lot of nuance points for Jamie mm-hmm. that, that broadened his character. He yeah. started off being being fiendishly, murderously devoted to Cersei, yep. he did, being fiendishly murderously right. you know, devoted to Cersei. So there is no arc. Right. And people the internet thinks it knows writing. The internet the, the other thing too development about things, it's
0: so much more realistic. About. It's so much more realistic
1: because people don't change like that. I mean, some exactly. People, you will You will in your in your life journey. You will come across a couple of people that were were one way in high school and a completely different way. Yeah. That you know them in your in your middle age them right. Yeah. Well, like wow, this guy had a profound change. You know, he either became right. a monster. or right. He became this. He became a priest. He became a a, a, a magnificent person. Right. But mostly. Because And we know this, with the testimony to that is that with the relationships we form, we yeah. form relationships with people because of who they are. If they change, if they, if everyone had an arc, we would not be friends with most of the people we are, we are lifelong friends with. Right. Because they would have changed
0: <laughs>
1: one way or the other, that we wouldn't be able to, to relate to them anymore. Right. So everybody needs to drop this arc stuff. <laughs> you know what an arc is. Yeah. And, and I'm sick of hearing about it.
0: Real quick, yay or nay on this finale, and then we're going to see where it ranks with the rest of the series finales. Yay or nay?
1: I say yay.
0: I give it an overwhelming yay. I, I actually walked away from that saying, gave us, gave us a conclusion, may or may not agree with it, but they gave us a conclusion. I didn't really have as many question marks by the end of it, so in that sense, they kind of tied everything up nicely. A lot of symmetry to it as to where we started, as to where we end, even John walking out at the end. Um, excited to watch the spinoff Wester Westeros Uh, you know there's lots of great things there's lots of great things Wester Westeros Westeros. Westeros. (laughs) (laughs) Um, where does this rank In the all time list like what are the best actually I'll start this by saying I actually posed this question what was the best series finale out there and man I got tons of responses on this I got 102 comments uh, leading up to the show A lot of people say Six Feet Under, and I will tend to agree with them, but I'll tell you why. I don't think it's the greatest series finale of all time in a second. Um, Someone said Star Trek Voyager, which I have no context for. The Shield, surprisingly, came up a bunch. Breaking Bad came up a bunch. Um, A lot of folks thought MASH was one of the best of all time. And Newhart also got mentioned.
1: Newhart is, is way up there in Legend. Yeah, one of the best, uh, It's been one of the best finales of all time.
0: Six Feet Under is the best series finale I've ever seen, except it did not have the same kind of pressure that something like Lost or something like Game of Thrones had. Uh, and I think there's something to be said about that. When you have this many people to please by the end of it, uh, if you can come out of it you know, with an overwhelmingly positive, like, this was the greatest thing I've ever seen, I think that adds you know, there's more weight to it. So while I do think the finale of Six Feet Under was tremendous, absolutely tremendous, uh, and so well done, on its execution merits alone, I also think there wasn't, you know, what was it, 4 million viewers by that point? So it's almost, again, it doesn't take away from the execution of it. I just think they had, they didn't have as much expectation built up around it, you know, versus something like Lost. Now, people did come back and say Lost. Pat Shan posted recently about Lost and saying how he didn't understand what the flack uh, behind Lost was. And I tend to agree with him. I thought once they got an end date for Lost, they were just full-scale telling a great story for three seasons. And I thought it ended while the final season was a little uneven. They ended, I thought, in a great note. I never you know, saw it. You were never a lost guy. Oh, that's right. You never liked lost. You were lost and lost. What's, what's your favorite, what's your best
1: some of Lost, but lost, lost me uh,
0: <laughs>
1: during the, during the process. So, you know, it was, it was a format of how they were, how they were rolling out answers. I was, I didn't like being strung along week after week. I just wasn't into that. So yeah, I, mean, I don't really judge the show for the shows quality or whatever. I have no, no judgment on that. I just didn't dig the, I didn't dig being teased every week. Um, Ah, six feet under is is was a was an excellent series finale. I hated it, but it was excellent <laughs> I despised it. I just didn't like like everybody dropping dead at the like oh my God, man you know like it was a fucking bummer excuse my language
0: ping man um, oh man you are just on fire yeah, tonight we're,
1: we're not we're we're not being sanctioned by the government so. <laughs> um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go nerdy on you. I think Best of Both, not best of both Worlds, uh, All Good Things, Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay. Great ending. I think what we, left, what we Leave Behind for Deep Space Nine, another great ending. I'm not so partial to Voyager's endgame. I think it was a terrible ending. Um, and I really liked, really loved the ending to Boardwalk Empire, which is not a very popular show. Okay, but I think that was a fantastic ending. That was one of the few endings where I walked away from it like, yeah, that's a that's a pretty solid
0: ending.
1: <laughs> and and we ain't coming back for season six, obviously. So, yeah. um,
0: there Buffy, was such... Buffy. to me,
1: mm, no,
0: I know you don't like Buffy, and you're not adjusting. I didn't, I, d-
1: I didn't. I don't. I have such a strange relationship with Buffy. It's kind of, the only way I can compare it, and since we've never talked about it, you're not going to get this reference. It's the same way, re- the way I feel about uh, uh, Kill Bill. It's kind of like, there's so much greatness in this, but I hate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
1: so, so Buffy's, and Buffy's series finale, which I did see. Yeah. Um, I was all the way, I was there all the way up to the end. When Sunnydale just fell into the ground.
0: Uh Spoilers.
1: Leo Wright, twenty years ago. Stop it.
0: Um, nah. Mash was was repeated many times. Dennis now I, I it. it was past my time. So I, I apologize, all you Mash. Uh, Before
1: your time, not past your time Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I'm past its time. <laughs> Sorry, all you Mashers out there. I just don't know. Dennis Claro said Mad Men. Uh, Gay Gosser said The Americans. I mean, we we had we had a lot. I've heard, of, I've heard a lot of good. Things. I know. I know. I know.
1: I I actually have the Americans. I have. I can I can watch it on Amazon or whatever. I, I
0: about know it's that. the last thing I need is more TV, right? Rob Felton, I, I, former former Wizard alum. And, I don't know uh, that guy. I don't know. Who that is. <laughs> has a shares a birthday with us? Um
1: <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. It is- <laughs> <laughs> you know, November sixteenth used to be a unique date. Now all of a sudden, I'm "Well, like, I,
0: I'm the fifteenth, so it's okay. We're good."
1: Still, it's still, it's a day away. And then we, when, when, um, when Hannah was was a, our intern, that was absolutely that was weird. Ridiculous. That was yeah. ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that was but, weird. Uh, he had Wonder Years as a great finale.
1: Wonder Years is a great finale. I do remember it, but I remember it only because it was ironically bittersweet because he never ended up with Winnie. Yeah. So. I mean it was kind of one of those cathartic, yeah, you know, you never fall in love, you never end up with the person you were you had puppy love with. It's yeah. You know, but still, holy crap. You know, that was that was a tear tricker
0: L- a lot of folks a Yeah, a lot of folks, which I haven't seen the ending, but I hear I've heard enough about the ending. Uh, a lot of folks like Amanda Rose, Brian Everham, who by the way hung out with at Motor City. Give a shout out to Brian. Woo! Wait way to uh, way to come out and uh, and power through a long Saturday night. Um they go Breaking Bad. They're, they're, they're all Breaking I Bad. Have,
1: I've seen season one of Breaking Bad. I've I seen, know.
0: I need to. I, breaking just, bad.
1: How, so I, how, I imagine that they're right because I've never heard anybody say anything.
0: How do you people have any time to do anything? You're watching all this TV.
1: That's what I want to
0: know. Oh, my God. All right. Chime in on the Facebook feed. Chime in on the YouTube uh, chat room. Uh, chime you? in on Twitch.tv. Chime in everywhere. We will do keep it. responding. Uh, we will tell you why you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> when we come back. We are talking to Travis McIntyre from SourcePoint Press. Do you like comic books and movies like The Avengers? How about TV or pop culture like Game of Thrones or Star Wars? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of the Secrets of the Sire podcast. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin, we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about and you never know who will drop by to chat. To date, we've welcomed actors Kevin Bacon, Paul Reiser, True Blood's Christina Anapow, and Buffy's Nicholas Brendon to the show. We've been privileged to interview rockers Chris Cornell, Macy Gray, Billy Corgan, and more. And we've even had Jackie the Joke Man himself from Howard Stern in studio to share some laughs. So join us every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on youtube.com slash Secrets of the Sire for brand new episodes. Take a moment. Subscribe to our channel and be on the lookout for some major new announcements coming soon. For more info, log on to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, streaming live on the Sire Digital Network. That's siredigital.com, youtube.com slash secrets of the sire, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire, and twitch.tv slash secrets of the sire. I'm thrilled to be uh, rejoined by a past guest, and uh, he's racking up his guest appearances on our show, uh, Mr. Travis McIntyre from Source Point Press. How are you doing, sir? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing really, really good. Uh, so the last time we spoke, uh, you had a lot of really great things going on. I kind of wanted to bring you back because I was actually at Motor City. You were at Motor City, and uh, it was a great uh, hometown show for SourcePoint Press. Uh, talk to the yeah. audience a little bit about, uh, you know, what Motor City means to you and, and how, uh, you know, the Comic-Con – how the Comic-Con was for SourcePoint Press. Uh, well, first
2: of all, it was our our best – Motor City ever and Mm -hmm. when I say that you have to understand that Motor City has historically been amongst our best shows that we do yeah um it's generally only it's generally only surpassed um you know in terms of like raw sales or like books sold by like New York um Mm -hmm. which is just because it's you know 120,000 people and four days long and everything else uh so for us, you know, the company was born and raised uh, in the Detroit area. So for us, you know, Motor City is, our, we consider our home show. Yeah. Um, they, the promoters are really good to us. You know, they, they put us up on their social media all the time. They, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they give us, a, as you saw, we're a very prominently featured in a yep. giant booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's fun, man. It is really fun. Uh, we, you know, I, I can't imagine a future where Motor City isn't a big part of our year every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's right up there with Baltimore in terms of being like the best independently run show in the, in the country. Um, awesome. you know, I mean, you have like the RePop family shows and they're all amazing and four yeah. does the family shows and they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh you know when it comes to the, the indie shows there's so many good ones but i th- I really think that motor city and, and baltimore like are the two the cream of the crop there and
0: yeah and it, uh, it was a,
2: it was a great experience
0: it, it's to funny too it's funny you mentioned that too because i think to most people and i not even thought about this you know the term comic-con has become so popularized that the average person doesn't really understand that it's run by different people uh a wizard world show is not a read pop show is not a Baltimore or a Motor City or a Heroes Con, which is completely independently run. And all they do yep. is run that one show. They just hear the word Comic-Con. And they think, well, it's got, oh, oh, Comic-Con's coming to my town or something like that. that right. Being- well, I mean, that's why there was that big lawsuit, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That being said, I feel like Motor City, I, I this was my first Motor City and Sire Studios did really, really well as well. I, I actually did... Uh, yeah, actually second only to New York uh, so far in terms of sales and, and everything like that. felt it was a more savvy crowd too. Like it just, like it's the 30th hey man. anniversary, you know?
2: I'll tell you something about the, about the Detroit, Detroit and the Detroit, the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been all over the country mm-hmm. doing shows, comic book stores, everything. There is not a better place to be an independent creator in terms of comics, mm-hmm. art music there is not a better place you will not find people that yeah. are more open to that and will support you and buy your stuff more like i mean i've heard what you're saying from many many people yeah. you know they come to the motor city they get in the artist alley or wh- wherever they start you know and they're like wow people like i sold more books here than i've ever sold like yeah man yeah people, people here are interested that are interested in that. I mean, honestly, that's, that's a big part of the reason source point was able to get as big as it was, is that our hometown people like bought our books, like before we were, before we were distributing or anything, you know, people were buying stuff. So it's, it's a, it's a wonderful show.
0: So when we last spoke, it actually was New York Comic Con time, it was right around there. And you guys had your big movie news. Uh why don't you give a uh the audience a little up you know, a refresher on what it was and an update on uh, where you know what's going on with that. Sure.
2: So um Rotten Tail uh released in theaters April twelfth. Uh it did two weeks of Select Cities. hmm So uh you know, we had a showing in Detroit that was completely packed. Awesome. Uh, and I got like, just ridiculously drunk. Uh, <laughs> I had a, way too much fun. I ended up like, I ended up like buying a hotel room just because I was like, I don't have anywhere to go sleep. So I bought <laughs> up, like two hundred and fifty dollars at three o'clock in the morning to sleep and for to sleep for four hours and get up and it was it was that's priceless. Priceless. Uh, but it was, it was a wonderfully good time. Um, and then we had another premiere event in LA, uh, that was sold out, same room only, uh, did really, really well. Um, we had, uh, Several sellouts. We had a sellout in like Buffalo, New York. We had a sellout
0: in Philly. I uh, had a sellout in Phoenix, Arizona. What's, what's the elevator pitch for the movie for, for those that might not have? Uh, the
2: elevator it. pitch for the movie is, uh, so you like Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. This is exactly like Spider-Man, except that it's a guy who gets bitten by a mutated rabbit and turns into a murderous Easter bunny who <laughs> kills everyone who ever did him wrong in his hometown of Easter Falls.
0: Oh, it's, it's identical. I'm, I'm surprised yeah. they haven't sued you.
2: Yeah, it's it's very close. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a it's a B horror movie, horror comedy. Uh, it's meant to be goofy. It's mm-hmm. it takes place in the '80s, and it's it has a lot of in jokes, yeah. and you know, it's it's really over the top, and and uh, people seem to seem people seem to have enjoyed it. I mean, we've gotten some pretty rough reviews, uh, but we've gotten some really good ones too. Like uh, you know, we 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 heard we were getting a review from the LA Times, and we were like, oh man, they're gonna second largest newspaper in the U S you know, they're sure. going to, we ended up getting a, a really, a really good review. You know, it was okay. like a, a certified press review from the LA times. It was like, awesome. all right, cool. cool, cool, cool. Um, so it did two weeks, uh, a thea- little mini theatrical run did uh-huh. well. We were excited about it. And then it released, um, right now it's in a three month window with, uh, in demand, mm-hmm. which is like, if you have cable TV, wherever you're at sure, you can, sure. uh, and rent it, Um, And it's on Amazon prime. You can rent or buy it. That's awesome. Um, It's also available on DVD. It came out on DVD, April 29th. uh, If I remember correctly. So I believe that it's carried, um, you know, Amazon obviously, uh, but I believe it's carried in target. uh, Several other like specialty type uh, stores, a lot of chains, a ton of different websites. FYE, I think carries it. Sure. Um, I don't remember the list of all the retailers. No, it's,
0: it's great though. I mean, it's it's how how was it uh, financed? I mean, is it independently financed? Is it? Uh, is well, it-, it was mostly my retirement. Honestly, so, <laughs> sure.
2: I, I wish I was kidding. Just, no. Uh, uh. So, like, the the story of it is is that um, it got optioned like early on. You know, back I yeah. when like someone being like, hey, we are interested in optioning this, and I would get really excited. You know, now I'm like, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it got optioned and we were just like, this is amazing. And, and you know, all this work was done developing the script and all that. And then, yeah. and then, you know, you learn that like, well, most of the time something is optioned, nothing happens. Oh yeah. So, it, you know, it ran out, nothing ended up happening, but through the course of all this, I met Brian Skiba, um, who ultimately became the director and co-writer of Rotten Tail. Mm-hmm. And him and I kind of became friends. We're, we're, we similar in some ways. We have similar tastes. We think the same stupid things are funny. And so, you know, and Brian had done a lot of movies, you know, he'd done, yeah. uh, you know, he was a working director. He'd done, you know, a couple of, of smaller films for Universal. He'd done sci-fi channel movies, Hallmark mm-hmm. channel movies, a lot of things like that. So he had a lot of experience. I think he'd done 21 features at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of went to him and was like, look, Brian, what do you think about, um, you know, if I, me and I got a couple of friends, what if we just put up the money to, to do this. And we just kind of did it all ourselves. You know, do you you, you think you could kind of be the director and, you know, and kind of, you know, uh, be the producer and that you'd hire all the everybody. And he was like, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so we just did it. We just did it. We just pulled together that, you know, me, some friends of mine, It's great. you know, we just kind of put, put all the money together. I mean, we didn't, by movie standards, we spent nothing, you know, right. but by, you know, normal guy standards, we spent a huge amount, like a towering <laughs> inferno of money. You know? <laughs> uh, so now it's, it's out there and it, you know, it, I don't get my first, uh, you know, sales report until July, but uh, you know, we at SourcePoint, if you go to sourcepointpress.com and go to our mm-hmm. store, uh, we have our own DVDs uh, and they have like a special cover on them. that only That's we have awesome. has, like a special disc that only we have. Um, so you can get it f- directly from us too. Um, but those have been selling really, really well. Uh, mm-hmm. for instance, at mm-hmm. Motor City, I think we did 60 of them. That's great. 60 DVDs is a, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good clip of selling DVDs at, at a comic convention. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, everybody tells me it was doing well. So awesome. I, I'm
0: choosing to believe them right now. It's a good choice. Always, always filter in the good uh, and not the bad. Uh, what is, uh, speaking of source point, what are your big releases coming up?
2: Uh, big releases coming up, um, Samurai Grandpa, uh, which will hit shelves next month. Which um, is
0: about a Samurai Grandpa?
2: Yes, it is, indeed. <laughs> it is. It is right on Front Street. It is a very poignant, uh, somewhat fantastical story about you know, a retired samurai has to take up a sword one last time and uh, what he learns about revenge. Um, It's a four issue comic. uh, And it it is one of the most beautiful things that that we've ever published. I expect really great things. The pre-orders on it were incredibly strong. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just got back from the retailer summit. And from what I heard from Josh, you know, my partner who was out there, Uh it was being talked about a lot. So we're expecting really good things. Um, another one that we have uh, that will, is going to be coming out uh, the month after. Mm-hmm. I mean, we release about ten books a month, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through the list. But another one I think to keep an eye on, another one to keep an eye on that hits shelves uh, the month after mm-hmm. is um, Boston Metaphysical Society Number One, okay. which is uh, by a pretty prominent indie creator uh madeline holly rosing it's okay. like a it's like a steampunk x-files it takes place in 1800s in boston cool and nikola tesla is a character and you know they, they kind of have like this weird steampunk science mixed with ghost busting you know it's, okay very cool um it's it's been around for a couple of years in various forms um never as just single issues wide released or anything, but you know, she's been playing with us for a while before we signed it. It was one of my favorite like self-published things that I'd ever read, you know? And so finally, you know, I managed to talk Madeline and let us actually release it as issues, you know, in a traditional comic format. Uh So the first six issues are coming out as monthlies and um, I expect that book to do really well. Uh, I love it. I think it's absolutely wonderful. And, um, I, I think that people are really going to respond to it if they give it a shot.
0: And sounds, that sounds amazing. Speaking of the retailer summit, uh, Dirk Manning, also a friend of the show, uh, gave a keynote address. Uh, what was that okay. all about?
2: Well, you know, um, so originally, obviously, uh, I was going to go and then things, things shook out so that I couldn't. Uh, Dirk was was going to go the whole time. He always wanted to wanted to go, and we've been doing a lot of work with him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he you know he wrote Hope, which was our free yep. comic book. So we mm-hmm. have a lot of eggs in that basket. He wanted to go for sh- to go for sure, and then um, I don't I don't know if you know what Dirk does for a a day job, but uh, he teaches teachers basically. So he okay. goes to educational summits and he gives presentations. Oh, okay,
0: um, yeah, I, it makes sense. And, that makes total you, sense. He was a teacher for a very
2: long time and we just got to talking and eventually got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to be able to go. Sure. And we did not want our presentation to be about like, oh, here's here's our, we don't want it to be about like, hey, here's the new stuff coming up and here's the art and isn't that fancy and go buy it. Yeah. We wanted it to be more about like who we are and this is what we're doing and we've been around for a while and a lot of you maybe haven't heard of us yet. And so Dirk has a way that, you know, like, well, all right, we'll we'll build the slideshow. We'll put the information in it, but really, we want you to watch Dirk. We want you to listen to him. Yeah, and he has a way to get people. I mean, you've met him. You know how he likes. Yeah,
0: oh yeah. No, I've known him for years now. I mean, he's. He, I mean, what about a, what a likes, hustler guy too. I mean, he's just, a hustler. And
2: he's a good talker, and he likes to be the center of attention. And so we figured, like, look, if I'm not going to go, you should be the guy. Yeah, that's up there and talks. You know, you should be the guy who who does this. And so, you know, he kind of wrote. Well, I'm going to say this stuff. And, and then we tweaked it a little bit. And then of mm-hmm. course he gets up and says whatever he's going <laughs> to, whatever's coming. Anyway. But honestly, uh, I mean, I'm not kidding that I got like was getting texts from retailers. I know mm-hmm. uh, like within minutes of him finishing his little five minute thing yeah. saying like, like saying that like, Hey, he did a really good job. People were laughing and okay. we think he actually made an impact. Like people didn't seem bored. Okay. So, you know i'm I'm pretty happy with it I think he did a i think he did a good job I'm proud of him awesome. you know? I mean it's a little bit of an outside you know dirk has dirk has always been sort of like this indie paragon you know yeah. like he's been this like road warrior i'm gonna grind it out whatever it takes yeah yeah and now he's sort of like um he's still doing that of course but now like with hope going to the free comic book day and us like being like yeah that's a real issue one and then issue two is kinda of, you know it's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. And we're, we're holding the releases until they actually come out in stores. Like this is a very new way for Dirk to release a book. Okay. Yeah. Really like, you know, a much more traditional road sure. to market for him. Sure. And uh, so I think he's been, I, I think there's been some challenges for him along the way, but he's adjusted to it really well. So
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. Real quick uh, before we wrap up, where can people find Sourcepoint press uh, both online and in stores? Where can they find you?
2: Uh, source um, at source point press on Instagram, uh, source point press on Facebook, all the usual places. Uh, we are carried, um, at, we're available at any comic book store or bookstore pretty much across the United States for comic book stores where we're distributed by Diamond, So we can, they, you know, any comic book store owner can order us in, mm-hmm. uh, bookstores were distributed by Ingram, which is, you know, they cover just about every major and minor bookstore. So most mm-hmm. of our stuff can be ordered in, um, to anywhere. Uh, hopefully your local book, local comic book store carries us. If they don't, uh, one of the major, major, major things that you can do is to go and put one of our books on a pull list.
0: Very
2: uh, cool. It's hard to, hard to,
0: Underestimate how helpful that oh, is. For- that is it, it's such a huge help. It, it's amazing because then it signals to the retailers that that they're fans interested. It's not just a casual buy. I mean, it's yeah, definitely
2: take a take a look at the, the like if you if you walk in and you're even just one person is like, hey, I heard this idiot talking about this Boston Medical <laughs> Society. I want to put it on a pull list. They add it on there. That means that they're going to be like, okay, I need to figure out what that code is. They're going to go to our pages in the book. They're going to sure. look at everything else. They're like, well, I got one of these guaranteed buy. I'll buy two more for the shelf, see how it goes, see how it goes you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really what we want is to be on shelves. Yeah, exactly. You know, be on shelves, be in people's hands and, and get read. So that's, that's kind of our number
0: one thing. Very cool. Final question. This is our Game of Thrones series finale review. Oh, a, God. Are, are you a Game of Thrones fan? And if yeah. you are, be yay or nay on the series finale
2: just like a total blanket, yay or nay, or like no explanation. Yay yeah, or nay. Oh,
0: nay. <laughs> Na- now, nay. now, real quick, why? But there's a
2: lot of yay though. There was a lot okay. of yay. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna go nay uh, for one reason, mm-hmm. and that is that the, 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 the whole show is about. Upending expectations and being okay. like, this isn't the show where everybody rides happily off into the sunset. Mm. Except this time at the very end. And I just thought that, like, with I just I felt like Tyrion being like, who has a better story than Bran the Builder? I mean, <laughs> like, literally everyone there except, like, maybe Edmure Tully, <laughs> know, or whoever the hell this new Cornish prince is know, like all these people, like Bran did not even make an appearance in season five, <laughs> not even in a friggin' appearance. And like, he's the most useless. Like, he, he's this all-knowing guy. And the only thing he ever says to anybody is, "You're right where you need to be." Which, if that's all you say, is just meaningless. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so while I was like, I thought the Daenerys stuff was all fine, and it, it's a beautifully filmed, wonderful show, and sure. I. I don't know that I'm capable of getting super emotionally invested in something, but uh-huh. when it was like, "Who has a better story than Bran?" I'm like, "Holy shit, Sansa, Arya, like, <laughs> way better, way better." This guy's story was not even good enough that he has appeared,
0: every, not even not, let alone every episode. He hasn't appeared in every season. Well, it is definitely something we discussed and we echoed that as well in our discussion. Uh, Travis, I want to thank you very much for joining us again. Keep us posted on all the cool stuff you got going on. We'd love to have you back on uh, at a later time. Thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate it. When we come back, we go spinning the racks. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Again, we do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sire Digital Streaming Network. That is YouTube.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Twitch.tv slash Secrets of the Sire. But we are also downloaded after the fact on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play. You can get us on pretty much any podcasting app or platform you're out there. Just search Secrets of the The Sire, S-I-R-E. I I want to thank our guest again, Travis from Source Point. They are doing some awesome things. Again, if you like Game of Thrones, they do a lot of fantasy stuff. they got Samurai Grandpa coming out. Uh, Check that book out. They're going to be doing a lot of big things. You're going to hear from them uh, in the future. All right, we do this every week. We go spinning the racks. Spin the rack. Spin the rack.
1: Spin the rack.
0: Star Wars, the truth about Kylo Ren and Rey's connection. This is killing me, Hassan. I have Avengers Endgame stuff. I don't even think anybody cares anymore. It's it's all over. Uh, And this new Star Wars stuff just came out today, so we have to talk about it. Uh, According to a Vanity Fair article, Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver discuss the intergalactic will-they-won't-they that's going down in Episode 9. A source close to the movie says that Kylo Ren and Rey's force connection will turn out to run even deeper than we thought. When speaking about The Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams referred to Star Wars as a fairy tale, calling out both Kylo as a prince and the duo's interesting relationship moving forward. Mark Hamill referred to the pair's romantic tension in Last Jedi, but things looked decisively done between the two at the end of episode eight. At any rate, Rey has a lot more on her mind like saving the galaxy, so where do we go from here? Hassan? you don't even care, do you? no (laughs) I love it I love it all right well maybe some folks out there do care and uh I'll say I'm
1: curious I'm curious to see to to see how they wrap it all up I will honestly say that
0: I I am too just because of how bad everything was uh in Last Jedi so (laughs) it's it's amazing if it it will be truly an amazing feat And, and really
1: it's so weird because like they're comparing Game of Thrones to to Last Jedi right and no, no, there's no way. They're Game of Thrones, they're subversion of expectations. You, you didn't like how some things turn out, that the, some of the stuff was rushed. Yeah. I get it. You know, there, there, could, there are flaws in the storytelling formula. But Last Jedi just wasn't even a good movie. Like, even when you get past the shocks and the oohs and the ahs. There's still Leia floating out in space. <laughs> there's still overexposition of the stakes, you know? Like, yeah. you don't tell me that we're running out of ships. You show me you're running out of ships. That's yeah. how, cause there's so many things that just didn't work. And, it, I mean, look, it, the, the rise of Skywalker has to be an improvement. It has to be. It just has to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Just by default.
0: Something that this article does point out, which is actually pretty good, is uh, they interview Oscar Isaac about the relationship between the two. Uh, John Boyega's Finn and Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron are both options of support for Rey as she tries to build something new out of the ashes of her first attempt to reach Kylo Ren. It's not about just one person, Isaac says, of how his character deals with the strain of leadership and heroism in The Rise of Skywalker. It's about reaching out to his family and particularly Finn, in his, and particularly Finn is his family. Um, Driver says, it's incredibly complicated. I don't think it's any one thing. The strength in what Ryan wrote and what J.J. wrote is that it's never all one thing. I actually like that sentence because we both know that Ryan Johnson wrote something completely separate from J.J. Abrams, basically disregarding a lot of character arcs. So like you said, I am extremely curious to see how they wrap this all up. All right. I get to my Avengers Endgame stuff. Ah, oh, this is great. This is from a few weeks ago. Again, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie. Avengers Endgame writers confirm identity of Peggy Carter's husband. Following the climax of Avengers Endgame, Chris Evans as Steve Rogers went back in time to return the Infinity Stones, his team borrowed only to remain in the past and marry Peggy Carter. However, rather than this being an alternate reality, Endgame's writers have said they believed this was merely closing the loop, and had, Steve had always been married to Peggy. Referencing what we saw on screen in Captain America, Winter Soldier. It was always our intention that he was the father of those two children. But again, there are time travel loopholes for that. In The Winter Soldier, an older Peggy told Steve she had two kids with a husband whom Cap actually saved in World War II. This indicated she'd moved on when Steve went under the ice, although we never found the identity of the man or saw the children. More importantly, if Steve really is the father, then their kids would have super soldier blood running through their veins. It does introduce the idea there are two children. Of somewhat super soldier DNA. Ah, oh,
1: stop it. Stop it. He said, stop it. Story. Okay, so where was he when she was dying in The Winter Soldier? Uh, he, was he was Ross. obviously still alive, yeah. right? So where the heck was he? Stop yeah. it. Why are you ruining this? Why are they making it more complicated than it has to be?
0: But that, you know, it's funny too. If they did not do that, if they didn't succumb to this... Like let's give Captain America this happy ending. We wouldn't be having this conversation. I like the scene with him and Peggy reuniting. What I would have liked better was he's there, he knows he's only got 5 minutes with her or whatever the case is. He's able to tell her I'll be all right. No, I mean you got some sort of closure. I'm okay with I'm just saying I'm I'm trying to think of an example of some sort of closure and then he gets the F out of there.
1: Timeline. It's I know. Just a different timeline. It works. You leave it alone. It works in a different timeline. What they don't freaking explain is how he was an old man back in the present. Because yeah, it's a different a completely different ah.
0: How did he slip through security? How did he get there?
1: It's just Why it's, did
0: he look like Joe Biden? The so prob- many questions.
1: The, the problem I had with uh with Endgame isn't really Endgame itself. It's just how much of a pass everybody gives Endgame. Endgame cheated a lot to, to land that plane. Yeah. They, cheated, they cheated a heck of a lot. They, they landed the plane damn well. It was a really wonderful movie. It was a, yes. it was a great experience. It was an absolute fantastic spectacle. Great
0: experience, not great movie. I,
1: I even
0: cried
1: <laughs> okay, at one point in that movie. Did, I, that, I did that
0: burn your face?
1: I, I'm sick, I don't, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that. If it was a great experience, it was a great movie. It's a movie, it's not a great story. So it was okay. a great movie movie okay. itself is i can great.
0: subscribe to that i can subscribe to that
1: um but, but come on like the the and the past that people give it because it was great yeah. it gets by on the on the merit of its greatness
0: I, it's one of like those movies you're going to rewatch by it on the merit
1: of its intelligence it doesn't get by on the merits of its cleverness yeah
0: i agree you're going to rewatch that years from now and you're like, just ah. going to think about how secrets of the Sire was right and you should be subscribing to our YouTube channel. All right, guys. Before the apocalypse. We've done a lot. Next week, we're actually going to take a little breather. We're still having a show next week. We're going to look ahead. We're also going to talk about 2019 in the greater, larger context. Is this the greatest year for movies and television with all these series finales and all these great movies? We got Godzilla coming up, Dark Phoenix. Is that a swan song? Plus, my chat with legendary musician Ben Folds. We'll see you next week.